With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to our second edition of Irish Illustrated Insider Recruiting Extra. I'm Pete Sampson, joined by my co-host Kevin Sinclair from British Columbia. And uh, like last week's show, we're going to have a Five Guys segment. That will be in our first segment. Uh, We're going to recap the news of the week, and then we have an interview for segment two with East Coast analyst Brian Doan that I think you'll enjoy talking about. The Alamo Twins, P.J. Mustafer, and sort of Notre Dame's recruiting rivalry with Michigan and New Jersey, whether that even should be one. Um, Doan's got some interesting takes on that. So let's jump into the, the news of the week from a recruiting perspective. And it was the same thing we talked about in our regular Irish Illustrated Insider podcast on Monday, and that's a deal commitment of Kalen Gervin. And Kevin, I, I think that we were both maybe not shocked that there was a decommitment at some point with this recruitment, but the the timing of it I I thought was a little bit surprising and sort of the reaction fallout from it uh, from other commits and sort of what Gervin had to say about maybe not getting enough love from Notre Dame. That was also pretty interesting. Yeah. So he decommits, um, which was, you know, I I was kind of surprised. It seemed like he was really close. Well, I think he is pretty close with the, the other commits in the class, but you know, right after that, me and you, Pete, we talked, and it was, it was sort of like, well, he's saying he's not getting enough attention. Didn't Mike Elko just go see him? And, you know, we confirmed that he did. Um, they were going to go and see him. Later within the evaluation period, we found out that, you know, there's only, you know, the NCAA rules only allow two visits within that period per per recruit. So we didn't know if Gervin knew that. Regardless, he said that, you know, he wasn't getting the attention that he liked, I guess, they went and saw a 2019 recruit in his area around that time and a, a 2018 recruit, Elijah Collins, as well at uh, in Detroit there because they were recruiting him at the, the rover position. And I guess he was not happy about that. So anyways, moving on, he's no longer a part of the class. Notre Dame missed out on 2017 cornerbacks last year, obviously. Uh, Notre Dame, you know, tight on numbers, but need to add three is kind of the consensus uh, right now. Um you know, it's tough. You look at the board. Um, Houston Griffith was scout is, is listed as a safety. Now, he could be a cornerback um, at, the, at the college level. But given that, you know, he looks like he might end up being a safety, we can't necessarily count on him if he were to commit to Notre Dame to be a cornerback. So the only other guy I really see right now who's, you know, showing interest in Notre Dame um, of, out of the cornerbacks who've been offered would be Kyler Gordon out of Washington. I spoke about him on our last podcast. And you know, it looks like there's a lot of Pac-12 schools. You know, Stanford's uh, really in it, good with them, as well as Washington and Oregon. Um, he, You know, he has a 3.81 GPA, and he has, you know, um, Notre Dame alumnus within his, uh, you know, the teaching staff at his school and, uh, as, as well as the coaching staff. So he definitely wants to visit, and Brian Polian's, you know, definitely in contact with him a lot. So, But other than that, it's like, who else is, you know, thinking about Notre Dame or their offers? And 
you know, someone on our message board said we sort of have an under-the-radar cornerback derby going on right now, and I thought that was a really good way to put it. Um, you know, Dominique Campton out of Arizona, Justin Birdsong out of Georgia, and uh, Eric Hallett out of uh, Texas, you know, all of those guys uh, were obviously at the, the Blue and Gold game. None of them were offered or have been offered since. They're all, you know, good players. Hampton 6'2", Birdsong plays free safety, but he shows a lot of grit, and he had over 80 tackles last year. You know, Eric Hallett won the DB MVP in uh, New Orleans opening there, and, you know, he's a good football player, but, you know, he's looks like they might need to see more out of him, maybe in his senior film, to earn an offer. Um, one that I came across recently, though, is Avery Young, and, uh, you know, he's out of Pennsylvania. He's been being recruited. Um, you know, Notre Dame staff stopped by his school this week. Um, you know, he's really excited about Notre Dame. He's looking at it's almost definite to be visiting um, for the Irish invasion. And he, he's been told that, you know, he could earn an offer there. Um, so that kid, I had a look at his film, uh, wrote an article about him. He's it's up on Irish Illustrated. Uh, he's definitely a good football player. Both sides of the ball had 844 yards receiving last year as well. Um, you definitely check out his film if you want to see cornerbacks who can earn an offer because he's one of them. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, DJ Johnson would be another guy to know, and I'll, I'll get into him a little bit more in the, our five guys segment. But, I mean, that was really the biggest news of the week for the 2018 class, the Kalen Gerben decommitment, and sort of the, the scramble mode that Notre Dame is in. Uh, visiting corners all over the place. It's been interesting to see some of your updates, Kevin, on really two-star, no-star, I mean, very off-the-radar guys. Uh, and now I think they're inching up a little bit more with your Avery Youngs and, and guys like that. But the other news that we haven't really got into a whole lot on Irish Illustrated is sort of the, the quarterback recruiting situation for 2019 because they've sort of gone from focusing on JT Daniels about six months ago to focusing on everybody uh, and the offers are really flying out on almost a daily basis there. Yeah, there's, there's been plenty. Um, there's been three recently, Spencer Rattler out of Arizona. Um, I mean, he's definitely a very talented quarterback. He, uh, um, he basically has started since his freshman year. He's thrown for a lot of yards. He's got offers from all over the place, including Alabama. Uh, I spoke with him. Sounded like he was pretty interested in USC, but he definitely said Notre Dame wasn't an offer that you know could be ignored, and he wants to visit. Sounds like that visit won't happen for quite a while, though. He has um, you know visits lined up at Alabama and SEC schools. So you know, there's him. Um, there's Bo Nix out of Alabama. Um, you know, from what I've heard, he's Definitely the best quarterback in the 2019 class in Alabama. Um, the thing with him is it's his father, his mother, both his grandparents all went to Auburn. So obviously you got to think he's maybe going to Auburn. Um, I spoke with his dad, Pat Nix. And he said that that's not necessarily the case. And he's going to be, you know, visiting a lot of schools and that they should get up to Notre Dame. They think highly of Notre Dame, but you got to think a kid you know, like that is probably going to go to Alabama or Auburn or an SEC school of some sort. We'll see what happens. Lots of time, of course. Um, and then, of course, yesterday they offered Grant Gunnell, who is kind of, I guess, the Bo Nix of Texas. Um, one of them, anyhow. Um, definitely big offer list there as well. We don't know a whole lot about that situation yet, considering it was, you know, just an offer yesterday, kind of later in the day, early evening. Um, 
I'll definitely be looking into that more. Now, there's a, a lot of other quarterbacks just sort of on their radar. Of course, there's um, the two quarter, quarterbacks um, from Colorado. There's Luke McCaffrey, of course. Uh, you know, he's obviously from the McCaffrey family. He hasn't been pl- starting at quarterback as the starting quarterback at his program is a, uh, uh, he's a really good quarterback. He's a Colorado commit. Um, so Luke's been playing receiver, but he plays it well. And you, you can see that he's, you know, a McCaffrey in the way he runs. Uh, there's also Ty Evans. Um, you know, I sort of interviewed him and wrote an article about him and he said, uh, Todd Light came by his school and, uh, when he, heard that he was invited to Irish invasion. He was, you know, ready to walk to Indiana. Uh, his family loves Notre Dame, grew up watching Rudy, that kind of stuff Threw for around 3,100 yards last year. He's got a, you know, a big arm and, you know, he's just a, a kid with a, you know, huge work ethic and just loves football. And, uh, he's really excited about going to Irish invasion. Um, you know, there's Sam Johnson out of Walled Lake. He was at the Blue and Gold game. He may be coming to Irish Invasion with his teammates. I talked to Spencer Brown yesterday, his um, teammate, defensive lineman, offensive lineman. He's a, a really big guy. We're getting lots of offers. He said that him and Sam may be coming to Irish Invasion, so we'll see how that looks. Um, of course, there's uh, Dylan Morris out of Graham, Washington. I've spoken with him. He's heard from Notre Dame. Um there's, yeah, so there's, there's sort of several quarterbacks that we're looking at. One that I, I've been kind of keeping my eye on is uh, Hank Bachmeyer. Now, he's, you know, out of Marietta in, in California. He's thrown for over 6,000 yards through his freshman and sophomore years. You want to watch a good film, check him out, Hank Bachmeyer. Um, you know, he, I think he's one of the, the top quarterbacks in California. I actually think he is the top quarterback in, in California, in my opinion. Um, he runs the ball really well. Um, so we'll see what happens with him, but I wouldn't expect Notre Dame to offer him. Yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely a lot of options there. It's going to be interesting to see how Chip Long and Tommy Reese and Brian Kelly sort of assess what they need. I think some of that will have to do with like what they see from Avery Davis in camp and figure out, okay, what's the, the long term? Obviously, Phil Dracovic, what happens with him? He seems very solid. So far, I don't think they have a lot to worry about there, but it's a position where you got to take one guy every year um, to balance out the depth chart. And Notre Dame has done a very, very good job at it. I think that's really been one of the strengths of their recruiting process and department overall is the balance at the quarterback position. All right, well, let's jump into five guys. We're going to rotate this week, opposed to one of us talking for 10 minutes and the other one talking for 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. So, Kevin, you lead us off. Give me your, the first of your five guys that guys that our listeners need to know about right now. Yeah, sure. Let's let's go ahead and start with Thomas Booker. Um, in my opinion, he's no doubt one of their priority recruits. They really want this guy. They need a defensive end like him. Um, so basically, yeah, Tim Prister had a look at his film, and he did a really good breakdown of him. Lots of people are wondering, is he a strong side, weak side guy? Uh, you know, Tim seems to think that he's definitely a strong side defensive end with the flexibility to play on the weak side. He's You know, he's got nimble feet. He's quick enough. Um, you know, he has a huge offer list, uh, Clemson, Florida State, Georgia, LSU, Michigan, North Carolina, Ohio State, Penn State, and more. And, yeah, you know, his academic schools, the strong schools that are coming coming uh, after him, Notre Dame, Duke, Vanderbilt, Northwestern. So, you know, I, I spoke with his coach, Tim Hawley from Gilman. Uh, he's the head coach. He used to be the athletic director, but he took over um, when they had the coaching staff change. And 
Um, he basically was told me that his his family uh, and you know and Booker himself are interested in going you know a strong academic school. Um, they're even looking at Ivy League schools, is what he said, considering them. Um, I personally think that this is sort of down to Notre Dame and Stanford. Um, you know, he he visited Notre Dame on March 31st, really enjoyed his visit, and then he visited Stanford, um, but he left without an offer. And it's uh, you know another one of those situations, sort of like Paul's in Adebo last year, where it sort of looks like Notre Dame leads, but we're sitting here wondering if Notre Dame, or Stan, sorry, if Stanford's going to offer, and if they do, will he jump at the Stanford offer? Um, you know, I learned a lot of really interesting things about Booker. He, you know, grew up playing tennis, a lot of tennis, I guess, extensively and kind of shows in his film. He's got those quick feet and just mobile. And, you know, he's just such an impressive player. His dad played at Wisconsin. You know, his dad's a big man. So that's why I guess Thomas sort of has that big frame. But he's also worked extremely hard to get to where he is. He played at 265 last year. Now he's up to 280. So, you know, basically in June here, it looks like he's going to be taking a, a number of visits. Um, and then, you know, sort of after that, it's going to narrow it down. Um, it looks like, a, you know, he may take a re- return visit to Notre Dame. I spoke with him a couple days ago, and he said as of now, he will not be at Irish Invasion. But that could change. You know, my first guy, DJ Johnson, in-state corner from uh, Lawrence North. And somebody Notre Dame offered last week, I think a couple days after our last podcast. And... You know, a kid that was really impressed by the offer is pretty much everyone from Indiana is. I mean, it's, uh, you know, we don't see Notre Dame as an in-state school with Indiana very much, um, just in terms of perception there. But, you know, more of a mid-level Big Ten recruit, even though he's a four-star on scout based on his offer list of Illinois, Iowa, Minnesota, IU, Cincinnati, and Purdue. Um, you know, he's called Iowa his leader in the past. That was before the Notre Dame offer. Mike Elston went and saw him work out at a college day down at uh, North Central. And, you know, I, I think one thing that's worth keeping in mind here is he's coming from a rebuilding program in North Central. I think I might have said Lawrence North a second ago. But North Central has won, I believe, one game in the last three years. They have a new coach. Um, so in terms of playing winning football, he hasn't really been a part of that there. So I'll be curious to see what kind of senior season he has. Notre Dame is in with an offer, um, and I would expect him to be at Irish Invasion and a guy that Notre Dame can really give a, a full evaluation to at that point. But in that sort of cornerback derby, uh, DJ Johnson is has more offers than a lot of the other ones Notre Dame has been scouting out, including Notre Dame itself. So he, he would be first on my list. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I meant to mention him when I was talking about cornerbacks earlier, but uh, anyways, glad you got to run over him. So, um, George uh, Takis is definitely my next guy. I spoke with his coach. Um, You know, there's a lot out there about this, but basically just sort of reiterated the fact that, you know, he definitely has strong ties to Notre Dame. He was born in Indiana. His parents both went to Indiana. His mom went to grad school at Notre Dame. Um, he still has lots of family in Indiana, and apparently his grandparents live near South Bend. Um, Tackers, the same weekend as Thomas Booker was uh, on on campus visiting, as well as Michael Dowell and Micah Jones were there as well. Um, he visited Notre Dame, and uh, he got to take in a practice, and I guess his family, he had some family with him, and I guess that was kind of a big deal. They really liked what they saw, and it was just cool for them to sort of be there. I guess Notre Dame is kind of the family team. I guess George grew up being a fan of Notre Dame 
Um, you, you know, his coach talked to me, said that he's extremely conscientious about his body and about his weight. I guess he used to be, they used to run more of a spread offense down there at Coastal, at Coast High School and um, Gulf Coast, sorry, Gulf Coast High School. And he was around two, around the 210 pound range uh, a few years back and really wanted to be a tight end. Uh, he played, he was playing receiver at that time. You know, I gave him some really good ball skills in that. And, you know, his route running is, is you know, pretty pretty good. So um, they sort of got got him on this weight program. He's been very conscientious about, about his body, and he counts his calories and weighs his food. I mean, this kid really pays attention to the way that he trains, and he's gotten himself all the way up to 242 pounds. He looks really good. He uh, has, you know, been invited to the opening finals. Um, you know, this kid is definitely thinking about Notre Dame. He's also thinking about Wisconsin, Florida, and Georgia. I guess over, you know, within June, he's going to be visiting Notre Dame and Wisconsin again, as well as um, some SEC schools, and then narrowing down his list. Should have his uh, decision and should be committed by the end of the summer to whichever school he chooses. Um, you know, so... I'm feeling pretty good about him. You watch him on film. Some people sort of pick at him a bit about his pad level. Um, you know, when you're six, seven, and it's kind of a situation where your pad level never really quite looks right. And, uh, you know, I think that he has a little bit of work to do. Talking, um, maybe get a little bit more fluid in his running as he sort of trucks along a bit, but he runs drag routes really well. Um, you know, he can make those tough catches along the sidelines, back the end zone. I like him at tight end, and I think he's definitely Notre Dame's top top target at that position. You know, next up for me, another opening finalist, Kevin Austin, who I actually used last week, but we've got some new intel since our last podcast there. Look for Dell Alexander to visit Austin for the spring his spring game, his high school spring game down in Florida. I think that's significant. Notre Dame is really being strategic with his visits down there. In terms of the word that I'm hearing around Austin's recruitment, Notre Dame actually doesn't know when he's going to make a decision, but they feel like he's getting close based on sort of the vibe from the family. And uh, overall, Notre Dame feels very good about that. So it's, look, Kevin Austin is sort of Notre Dame's best chance at an elite receiver in the short term. Um, And I think that if you sort of put all the pieces of this puzzle together, a decision at the opening finals on ESPN would not be a surprise to me at all. I don't think it would surprise Notre Dame either. So Kevin Austin, Notre Dame keeps chipping away at that one, um, and they feel like they're in a good position. So that's my number two guy. Yeah, great. Um, my number three guy is uh, Richard Jabuner. I believe it's pronounced Jabuner. Um, now, you know, he's 6'4", 207. He's definitely an interesting story. Um, I guess he sort of escaped a religious war crisis in Nigeria, um, left his family there, and he still talks to them every day. But uh, he ended up in Athens, Georgia, on a bit of a sort of a foreign student program. Now, he'd only, as of a few years ago, he'd only really sort of heard of and read about football. Uh, then, you know, he goes out to play football for his, his program there in Georgia. Uh, they put him in there at receiver special teams and outside linebacker. Then he goes to the opening in Atlanta. He's never played defensive line really before, and he wins the D-line MVP. So this this kid is a freak athlete. Um, I want, you know, if you go to his Twitter profile, you'll see there's a video of him working out. And, you know, he, at 207, he, he sits down on the bench, 
it's 250 pounds on the bar and he just starts throwing it up like it's nothing. I don't know how many reps he did, but this kid is freakishly strong, freakishly fast. And he did some great things on the football field last year. And with, you know, barely knowing what he was doing, um, He's absolutely lethal on special teams. Notre Dame's offered him. I think they they like him at the the weak side of you know the drop defensive end position. Um, you know I've spoken with him a couple of times. He definitely is very interested in Notre Dame. And last time I spoke with him, he I could tell he'd really been doing his homework on Notre Dame as well. He spoke a lot of, of about you know different aspects of Notre Dame, about the school, the tradition, about their defense. So he'd been really looking into their defense. And um, he really likes how they would use him. Mike Elston went by his school recently and spoke with his coach kind of in depth about how they would use him is what it sounded like. Um, and, you know, they've relayed that to Richard and he really likes that and he wants to visit. I uh, ended up speaking with one of his teammates who told me the family that's sort of taking care of him there, they're really, really strong in their faith. And he said that as a result of that, that's why Notre Dame is quite attractive to him as well. And uh, that he could definitely see him landing, uh, ending up at Notre Dame. So I was kind of having a, a look at this, and I was thinking, you know, with Justin Ademolola already a part of this class, if they were to get Thomas Booker and then they were to get a guy like Richard Gibbonor, sort of a project, you know, edge rusher type guy, they could end up having that defensive end class that they really want. Um, so, yeah, that was appealing to me. Yeah, legit pass rusher there. Number three for me, Dallas Gant. Just to put a bow on this one, I've had a source tell me that he's actually a silent commitment to Ohio State. He'll announce on Tuesday. Um, and, again, if it's anything but Ohio State, I'll be pretty shocked. Uh, he was – it's interesting you look back at Notre Dame's junior day in February of the six uncommitted guys. They've landed five of them since, uh, although I think Kevin, Kalen Gerben actually will technically be struck from that list. But uh, – Dallas Gant is, is a guy Notre Dame loves, a long athletic linebacker, but um, everything that I've been told is pointing to Ohio State there, and we'll uh, we'll all find out for sure next Tuesday. So Dallas Gant, he's number three on my list. Right. Yeah, my uh, number four is uh, Jason Oway. Now, he's from Blairstown, New Jersey. He is an interesting prospect for sure. He uh, is a defensive end, tight end prospect. Uh, he goes to Blair Academy, six foot, six foot and about a half inch. He got six six at the opening uh, in New Jersey, two forty. Um, now, last year was his first year playing football, um, and he just showed that he has an incredibly high ceiling. He had forty two tackles, five tackles for loss, and seven sacks. Um, now, Notre Dame has started recruiting him, and they went by his school um, to have a, a chat with him. Um, I was to have a chat with his coach, sorry, uh, Jim Saylor. I spoke with Saylor. Um, he said that um, when Jason Oway first you know, came about this news that Notre Dame was recruiting him, he ran to his office to tell him he was very, very excited about this. This is a high academic kid. He has a Harvard offer. Um, last month, he got offers from Georgia, Maryland, Navy, Penn State, Vanderbilt, and Virginia Tech. So he's definitely really blowing up. He went to the uh, New Jersey opening regional, and uh, he basically didn't know what he was doing. His coach said he didn't even know what a three-cone drill was. And he ran a 4-6-3-40. He finished third um, overall at the camp. And he, now he's sitting at number 38 overall in the, in the overall rankings. 
Um, so, I mean, for a kid who didn't know what a uh, three-and-cone drill was and had only played football for one year, that's very impressive. Um, he spoke with me and said that, um, you know, the schools that are uh, kind of in it for him the most right now, he said Penn State is pretty high. Wisconsin um, is in there. Harvard and Georgia Tech were the ones he mentioned. He said Wisconsin's actually recruiting him at tight end. Um, his coach, Saylor, said that. He definitely could be a really great tight end. And he said by the time he's kind of done growing, son, maybe like midway through college, he probably sees him at around 265 to 270. Anyhow, Mike Elston went by after, sorry, after he left his school. He said that Mike Elko would be also to, um, at his school within the next couple of weeks. So he's one to keep an eye on for sure that he could end up getting an offer. And, um, you know, he wants to visit Notre Dame. Uh, didn't sound like he was going to be at Irish Invasion, but I'm going to uh, sort of stay in touch there and see if, if he is going to make it there. Yeah, I'm going to dip into the 2019 class for my uh, number four guy this week that's worth knowing, Jacob Lacey. I've written about him in the past. Uh, we've talked about him on other podcasts, and you know, he's a defensive tackle from Kentucky area. Huge connections to Notre Dame through the family of Dave Dewerson, and Notre Dame's actually visiting him today, I believe, uh, during the spring evaluation period. So he's told me, the dad's told me, Irish Invasion, that's a target for a return date. Um, I believe that would be pushing a half dozen visits to Notre Dame. So if you're if you're looking for who is the first or most likely guy to commit in the 2019 class, that defensive tackle out of Kentucky would be the one to know. And it's not a situation where he's just got family connections to Notre Dame and they're going to you know sort of have that be a tiebreaker on offers with other guys. I mean, this is this kid also has offers from Tennessee. Louisville, Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State. Um, so he's got some big-time offers as well. But uh, I really like where Notre Dame stands with Jacob Lacey, and I think Notre Dame does too because he'll be back uh, this summer, and Notre Dame's checking in with him today. Yeah, absolutely. He's a great player. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown is my fifth guy. Uh, obviously, people always want to know about him. Uh, dynamic receiver at a matter day. Um you know, the first thing that I bring up about him is I talked to him recently. Um, obviously, there's a situation with him is he hasn't really been able to get out of state to visit schools, obviously Notre Dame being one of them. Um, the situation right now is that on June 9th, um, there's the Rivals Five Star Challenge in Indianapolis, and he's been invited to that. He said that, you know, he really wants to make it to that, but June 9th also happens to be his last day of school. So he's not sure if he's going to be able to plan around that, whether he's going to, you know, miss that day of school. I don't know if he has an exam that day. You know, these sorts of things he needs to work out. And if he does come out to go to that five-star challenge, he says he definitely want, would like to make it over to Irish Invasion, which is on the 10th. So it's a situation that's sort of been looked at, whether he can make it uh, or he cannot make it. Uh, but I'll definitely be staying in touch with him to see, see about that. That would be huge for Notre Dame to get him on campus in June. Um, you know, obviously a lot of schools are after him. I thought I would talk about that a little bit. So again, he hasn't been able to get out of state to visit anywhere. That's kind of wanted to make sure I knew that that was sort of why USC and Stanford were being brought up a lot. Cause those are basically the only schools he's been able to visit at, uh, at this time. But, um, you know, he definitely brought up Ohio state and I think he brought them up twice. So I think um, they are vi uh, definitely after him quite a bit. Um, Ohio State definitely has the hot hand in recruiting in the country right now. So 
I definitely think that Ohio State is very much in this one with Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, he also mentioned UCLA. Um, originally, I thought Alabama would be, would have been taking a big run at him, but sounds like they just sort of keep in touch here and there, and that's it. One thing with him, he his, his number one priority in terms of his recruitment is to get early playing time and play as a true freshman. Now, looking at Notre Dame's, you know, what they have at receiver, I sort of said to him, you know, has there been anything brought up about you possibly playing in the slot as in your freshman year? As I thought that maybe that'd be a way for him to break in. And I guess that it has been sort of discussed and is on his mind. You know, he is that type of kid who can make a lot of those gritty catches in the middle of the field. And he's tough. And, you know, I imagine he would be really nasty on some wheel routes, things like that. So that's all like, you know, Notre Dame's in his mind. He says, I love Brian Kelly. He really likes the new coaching staff. I know that. You know, his dad wasn't too pumped on the old strength and conditioning staff, but they really do like the new one. Things are looking good for Amon Ross and Brown. Um, you know, if Notre Dame were to end up getting Kevin Austin and Amon Ross St. Brown, I don't know that I've seen a better wide receiver class at Notre Dame. Yeah, my last guy, somebody that, Kevin, you actually mentioned earlier, D'Angelo McKenzie. Um, you know, he's Valley Christian High School in San Jose, California. He's a uh, three-star Defensive back, we've got him at cornerback on scout, um, offers in from Notre Dame, Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, Washington State, but that, and Oregon State, but that's really it from sort of your Power 5 schools. Notre Dame's offer, this is a guy, definitely keep in, keep in mind moving forward, but he's a guy that I think probably would have to come to Irish Invasion or Notre Dame would have to do a little bit more digging on him. Just see how quick he is. Is he? Can he have the quicks necessary to play at corner? Or would he develop in more of a safety? But uh, Notre Dame offered him recently. Kevin, I think you've, you've maybe been in touch with him uh, last week, but he's a guy that, as I'm sort of digging around on him, I sort of, I've been told and get the sense that Notre Dame would like to see a little bit more from him, just in terms of evaluation. That's really what the spring evaluation period is all about. But um, he's a guy worth tracking. So those are our five guys this week. We're going to take a break, come back with our interview with Brian Doan, Scott.com's Northeast analyst, talking a lot about Notre Dame, uh, the Demolola twins, P.J. Mustafer, and also sort of Notre Dame's recruiting rivalry of sorts with Michigan and New Jersey. So all that next on Irish Illustrated Insider Recruiting Extra. Welcome back to Irish Illustrated Recruiting Insider. I'm Pete Sampson, joined by Northeast analyst Brian Doan of Scout.com. And Brian, you've had the chance to see the Adam Malola twins up close a lot because you're out sort of close to St. Peter's Prep, including at the opening regional. And, I mean, the buzz on Jason coming out of that was was pretty intense on social media. I mean, I think we all know how good performance can, can boost a kid, fairly or unfairly. But what did having a little bit more of a track record on him. So you've seen him sort of develop over the last three years. What did you take away from watching him up close? Well, two things. First of all, you're right. I mean, they're about 35 minutes from where I live. They play one of the programs in the state in St. Peter's prep. And I've known them long enough between Jason and Justin that I remember going to watch them play JV as freshmen. So I've known them for a while. They've been on the radar for a while. When I came out of the opening regional, what really jumped out to me was how much quicker Jason got with his hands, how much more violent he was with his hands, and a lot less wasted movement just in terms of, again, using his hands and getting up the field quickly. He was, he was really quick 
and then fast as well, two different things. And whether it's Jason or his brother, Justin, they play at a very fast rate. There's not a lot of, you know, they're not walking around from drill to drill. Even when you watch them play in games, they play to the whistle. And you got the same thing there. But what, what really jumped out is how much he's worked at his hands. And it's why you know, I'm jumping him up a bunch in the rankings. Yeah, I mean, between the two of them, getting to know the dad a little bit and some of the trainers, whether they're doing speed training or just um, you know, sort of fundamental work in the off season, it seems like they both work extremely hard. So whether it's Jason, who seems to have you know, a lot more high-end ability than Justin, but at least I think in both guys, you sort of know what you're getting in terms of work ethic. Do you, do you sort of see that as well? Yeah, they're tireless. And they have – here's the one thing that I really like. They, they have a thirst to be the best. And I've spoken with them. I've spoken with their dad about the rankings, and they're not always going to agree on the rankings. And that's okay because in their mind, it's always a quest to be the best there is. Like, you know, I spoke to Jason and Justin at the opening. I'm on my way home from the opening. Jason said, hey, you know, great seeing you again. You know, DMs me, great seeing you again. What'd you think? And I spoke to him about, you know, what I thought. He sort of said, you know, quicker hands and everything. He's like, yeah, I've been working on that a lot. And they care about that stuff. They care about what people think just in terms of a for their work effort and, and progression, but they also want to know what they can continue to improve on or what you have seen from them improve upon. And if it's what they've been working on uh, again, they, they're tireless workers. They spent a lot of time after their sophomore seasons working with Rashawn Gary and, and a couple other guys. Um, they would meet up at a place in, in Red Bank, which is uh the northern part of the Jersey Shore, and they would work out, you know, once a week or whatever. So they are both guys that if they don't have success, it's not going to be because they didn't work hard enough. They're going to put in the effort. You know, the other sort of part of the St. Peter's prep storyline with Notre Dame this class is Shane Simon. And I'm, I'm sure he's similar to the twins. Like you've seen him come along through that program. Now it's sort of, I know he's talked about maybe a top four, a top six. I mean, I think the vibe is a Notre Dame-Michigan type of situation there. Notre Dame likes him more at the rover position. They'll do everything, and I'm sure Michigan could move him around too. But what's what's sort of your local take on on his game? Because certainly he's he's got a lot of national pub, um, you know, as as much probably maybe more than the Twins do. Yeah, and I think part of the reason is because the Twins committed so early, right. and so they didn't really get out on the recruiting team, so there isn't that like, oh, he's on campus now, he's on campus now. Um, but with Shane, again, Shane is a kid that I remember the first time I went, and the coach there, Richie Hanson, and look, they produce a ton of kids there, yeah. right? I mean, Notre Dame has Brandon Wimbush, Minka Fitzpatrick down at Alabama. They send their quarterback to Rutgers. They send a bunch of kids to Boston College. I mean, this is a program that traditionally sends kids places. And when you look at Shane Simon, again, the first time I saw him, Richard was telling me about, hey, I got this kid. He's, he's going to be really special in the secondary. But because of the depth, it took a little while for him to break into the rotation there. And he, he really got in there last year. He started out the season as an outside linebacker because they had depth issues. Then they moved him to safety, which I, I think that's his most comfortable position right now. But he also sprouted up a lot in the offseason. He's, you know, he's 6'3 now, about 2'10". And 
you don't see a lot of safeties that size. And so when you talk about where he's going to play at the next level, I think he's going to turn into an outside linebacker or, you know, in college with everybody going against spreading and needing guys who can play three downs on the field. So you don't have to sub them out, whether it's run or pass. He's a kid that has pass coverage skills that can line up in the slot and play and run with receivers. I think when he eventually gets to college, I see him being, you know, 6'3", I think that's where his, his range is. But he does have really good athleticism, great length. He's a really bright kid. And, you know, you mentioned Notre Dame and Michigan, and I think right now that it's fair to focus on them. He visited Stanford. He visited UCLA. He does like UCLA. I can see him making a visit out to UCLA in the fall if, if he's going to let his recruitment go that far. But the other school to keep an eye on is Ohio State. Ohio State's been in looking at the twins a lot. You know, they, they came in one of the first days of the evaluation period in the spring. And there's a lot of intrigue with Jason, you know, the defensive tackle there from Ohio State standpoint. And they're also paying a lot of attention to Shane Simon. And you have to remember, the defensive coordinator at Ohio State is Greg Schiano. That's a good point. With the head coach at Rutgers for 11 years who was one of his best guys in state when it was really recruiting and guy he really relied on and built a strong relationship with Richie Hanson at St. Peter's prep. So if they decide to make a move on chain Simon, I think Ohio state moves to the forefront there, but I think, you know, you're going to look at between Michigan and Notre Dame right now, it's going to be more of where does he feel more comfortable with the players in the program? I think that's going to be big. You know, one other guy that you saw in Jersey was PJ Mustafer who keeps a pretty low profile when it comes to recruiting. Uh, I mean, obviously, I know his, know his brother out here, Sam, starting center. Um, you know, I've spent some time talking to his football coach at McDonough, his wrestling coach at McDonough. Just sort of, I love the the two sport aspect of it. I'm curious your your take on him because there's been a little bit of buzz. Like some services have him much lower than than we've got him on scout. Um, did you come away with anything new in New Jersey watching him? I did. I, I came away with the fact that, you know, I went to New Jersey thinking, okay, he's going to show me as a defensive tackle that I really need to move him to guard as a projected position on yeah. the offensive side of the ball. Um, and and I, I think there's a chance he still plays on the offensive line in college. You know, maybe he spends a year on defense and then jumps over. But what I took out of it was he had really good foot quickness and he got off the ball a lot better than I expected him to. He's really quick inside. He's, like I said, he's got good feet. He can move laterally. It was one rep at the end, and, and I'm cutting up the tape on it, and, and we'll have it out um, at some point in the next few days. Just in terms of he gets off the ball, takes a step to his left, cuts inside to his right, and the offensive lineman just whiffs on him. And this is at the end of the competition where you're supposed to be going against the best offensive right. lineman. And granted, it was not a huge crop of talent on the offensive side of the ball, but it showed me his quickness. And, you know, the, the problem that people have with, with TJ is he's six four two eighty, And you don't see a lot of defensive tackles who are six four. It just doesn't happen mm-hmm. a ton. And then you factor in mm-hmm. that he was, you know, going to, his brother plays offensive line at Notre Dame. He was first thought of as an offensive lineman. He wants to play on the defensive side, and I think he can. And if you look back a few years, the kid that 
I continually think of when I think of PJ Mustafer is Daquan Jones, who played at Penn State, similar body, similar mm-hmm. size, and now Daquan's in the NFL. And so what I took out of the opening in my long-winded way <laughs> was that I'm not ready to say he's not a really good D-tackle. I think he's got a shot to be a really good D-tackle. You know, I think the other sort of big-picture thing I wanted to get your take on is sort of the Notre Dame-Michigan relationship in New Jersey. I mean, New Jersey is a state that's open for business. Rutgers is not keeping four- and five-star kids home. Um, Notre Dame has had – And they never – and they, Yeah, they, that's they not new. You know, so it's a state where you can go in and take a good kid out, maybe out of region, um, beyond just out of state. You know, Michigan has invested a lot out there with Rashawn Gary, Chris Partridge. Notre Dame has sort of been fits and starts there. I mean, you had going back, you know, in the Weiss era, they tried to get in, sort of that blew up in their face a little bit. Now with Brandon Wimbush, I mean, he's going to be the poster boy uh, of potentially college football a year from now if he has a very good junior year. And he's got the whole package. You know him very well. What sort of, I guess, your feeling on, on Notre Dame's presence in New Jersey, you know, as it relates to Michigan? Because around here, everything is measured against Michigan, and Michigan measures so much against Notre Dame. Well, I think, first of all, you have to stop with the Notre Dame-Michigan comparisons in that vein <laughs> because Michigan has invested a heck of a lot more into the state than Notre Dame yeah. has. and. And and that's not good or bad, because no matter what you say, Notre Dame still has a national grasp on things. Michigan go to different places and get guys, but Notre Dame is a true national program when it comes to recruiting. So, you know, the second part of that is you have to understand Chris Partridge in New Jersey was a Paramus Catholic, where he took over a program that was in a lot of, tra- you know, wasn't very good, was an afterthought. And all of a sudden, guys like Donald Stort, receiver who wound up at Stanford, Rashawn Gary, who was at um, Scotchwood, Scotch Plains Fanwood, a small, small public school in New Jersey, Jabril Peppers, who was at Powerhouse Don Bosco, all of a sudden wound up at Paramus Catholic. And there were some more kids that started coming there. And Chris Partridge was entrenched in the New Jersey high school scene. So all the kids knew him in North Jersey. And when you're talking about North Jersey and you're talking about, and I know a lot of people may not know these schools or they may know them, but these are the producers of talent in New Jersey when it comes to the Catholic schools where probably 80% of the prospects are at. You're talking about DePaul, St. Joe's Montel, Bergen Catholic, Don Bosco, Paramus Catholic, you can get from one to the other in 20 minutes. I mean, they're all, if you, if you drop a dot in the middle of it and you go by radius, they're all 20 minutes from that center spot. And so it makes it really easy to recruit there. And it makes it so all the kids know each other. I mean, you talk about Brandon Wimbush. I remember going to a Paramus Catholic game and Brandon Wimbush is there. I think it was after Brandon's, sophomore season at St. Peter's before he had really established himself as an elite quarterback. And who's there hanging with the Paramus Catholic coaches? Brandon Wimbush. You know, Minka Fitzpatrick, who went to Alabama, was going to go to Paramus Catholic, and then Richie Hansen came in late, swooped in, and was able to keep him at St. Peter's Prep. So that's what, so when you're going to compare Notre Dame with Michigan, and why Michigan's having success in New Jersey, 
you have to start with who Michigan hired as a coach and how strong those ties are. And, you know, all these kids know each other. So it's not just Chris Partridge recruiting these kids. It's okay. My friend goes to Michigan. Okay. Let me see what my friend has to say now about Michigan outside of Chris Partridge. That's what you have to look at. So with Notre Dame, I mean, you know, Notre Dame, like we mentioned, has the twins. Notre Dame is after Shane Simon. And, you know, then we're about done. Yeah. In New Jersey, you know, Notre Dame is picking and choosing. They're, they're not going after the volume type of kid that Michigan is and extending so many offers. Yeah. And I think, I mean, Notre Dame looks at New Jersey as another state and that's fine. That's not to denigrate New Jersey, but that's, no. I, I think that's sort of how they have to treat it. Notre Dame fans sort of get worked up when they see Michigan having success, particularly with Sean Gary. And I get that because he's five star, all everything. And, going to be a great college player and you know future first round pick but um i think when you look at sort of notre dame you get jay hayes out of poly prep which and then up in new york brooklyn then you go down wimbush quentin nelson the twins maybe shane simon i think notre dame should feel good about that um i think that's a that's a great return on recruiting the state from my perspective it's tremendous i mean and that's you know that's what people don't get is they everybody wants to focus on who you didn't get, and I understand that that that's human nature, but you also have to look at who you did get and how it fits in. And you know, Rashawn Gary, well, geez, he went to go play for Chris Partridge in high school. He's comfortable with him. Rashawn's mom was comfortable with Chris Partridge, and they said, "Look, Chris is there. He'll take care of Rashawn. He'll make sure everything goes okay with Rashawn." Um, you know, a lot of people just like to look at things from the football perspective and the degree perspective. And, you know, if I've heard it, you know, Notre Dame's big selling point, right? 40-year decision, not right. a four-year decision. Um, you know, and I remember with Quentin Nelson, it was, you know, Brian Kelly's you know, closing on a house. It's like, you know, closing on a kid. You, that, you made up your mind. That's what you're going after. But there's other factors that go into it. There's factors that are based on relationships and trust. And yes, Notre Dame's an outstanding academic school. So is Michigan. And it may not be to that level. It may be to that level. I'm sure it depends on what degree you're going to talk about and what program you're looking at. And anybody can make an argument either way, I'm sure. But, you know, sometimes decisions aren't based purely on how many times you're on NBC and what the alumni network, which one is more powerful. There's a lot of other things that go into it. And I, I remember talking to a person who went to Princeton. I said, oh, man, if my kid had a chance to go to Princeton, that'd be awesome. And he goes, well, the one thing you have to remember about going to Princeton or Yale is on the weekend, you know, you're going to be hanging out with kids who decide I'm going to go take my mom and dad's American Express black card and go on a $4,000 <laughs> vacation just for the weekend, whereas – you may not have that. So socially it's different. And so you have to factor in all those things. Yeah, no question. All right, Brian Doan, thanks for the insight on Irish Illustrated Recruiting Extra. There's great stuff on New Jersey, the Twins. We will be back after a break. Welcome back to Irish Illustrated Insider Recruiting Extra, our third and final segment. I uh, hope you enjoyed that interview with Brian Doan. I thought there was some interesting stuff there, particularly his perspective on the New Jersey, Michigan, Notre Dame dynamics there. I think it's probably some good food for thought for people who are uh, obsessing over everything Michigan does out there. But wrapping up, 
There were some new offers yesterday. Uh, we're going to talk Irish Invasion early, early preview since that's a, about a month away, but there's a visitor list coming together. Um, so, Kevin, I, I guess real quick, the five offers yesterday, who they are, condense them down into one sentence that people need to know or why they need to know about these guys. Yeah, you bet. Okay, so we've got, uh, I'm going to say this the best I can, Nana Osafo Menza. Now, I talked to him yesterday quickly. Outside linebacker, defensive end out of Fort Worth, Texas, 2019 kid, four-star. This kid is probably going to be a five-star one day. He's something. Uh, I've got another 2019 kid, Grant Gunnell, quarterback out of Houston, Texas. Um, this kid is a serious quarterback. Uh, Big-time offers already. Uh, I've got Kenyon Green. He's a 2019 offensive tackle. Uh, he's an LSU commit. Um, whether he'll stick to that commitment, we'll see. They offered him on December 11th. He committed that day. He's got a lot of big offers since. Um, there's also 2018 four-star wide receiver Jalen Waddle. He's out of Texas. Lots of big offers with him. We don't know a whole lot about him as he was sort of later in the day, early evening last night. I'm definitely going to be trying to get in touch with him. Um, also, 2018 running back Master Teague out of uh, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Um, it's definitely sort of a three-star with some services, four-star with others. Nice offer list. Uh, he's definitely a quick running back. Um, you know, he kind of adds to that pile of running backs. Notre Dame has offers out to you right now. And we're still trying to decipher whether they are going to take a second running back. Um, things will, you know, more things will determine whether that'll happen or not in the future. Yeah, and then, I mean, Irish Invasion, that's shaping up. I mentioned Jacob Lacey in our first segment because uh, he was one of my five guys. He'll be in for that and really one of the, the premier underclassmen that will be there. And it's like, I think it's when before we get into some of the names we expect to see next month, it's good to have some perspective and context on the guys that we've seen come through here in the past. Um, you know, Irish Invasion was the first time I really got to see Brock Wright work out. That was as a junior. Uh, he was outstanding. Cole Komet was at that Irish invasion. I've seen Jalen Elliott. Uh, I've seen who else? You know, Jordan Pouncey was there last year, one-time commit. He had a good day. Kevin Stefferson from a few years ago was there. Chase Claypool, that was really the first time we got to see him and understand just what a big physical target he was. And then, look, we've seen guys come to Irish invasion who didn't go Notre Dame's way. Um, Jack was Patrick, who went to Florida State. Uh, Justin Hilliard, who went to Ohio State. Uh, they've had some top guys come in that they didn't get as well. But overall, they've had a pretty good hit rate on regional recruits or guys that they've been targeting for a long time. And that's why I think when you look at somebody like Jacob Lacey, that's, it's, an it's going to be an opportunity for them to really close the deal with him. Um, I don't know if he'll commit on the spot. But, Kevin, as you sort of look over the offers and some of the visits that are coming up for Irish Invasion on June 10th, I think there's, there's some guys people really need to be tracking closely. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with everything you said. Now, I've been working really hard on just sort of building a list. I'll mention sort of the, the big ones that we need to know. Um, but I'll just mention that, you know, this time last year, there was hardly anyone's, you know, sort of scheduled to go. Um, and then a week before the event, there was obviously a huge list. Um, so just keep that in mind. But anyhow, right now, I'll sort of talk about the, the important ones who've told me that they are definitely coming. Um, so George Kohaftis in state defensive end 2019, um, you know, he was on campus uh, April 1st and received an offer then. Um, you know, he's a really interesting kid. He just moved to, to the United States from Greece a few years ago. His dad went to Miami. 
Um, you know, so that kid is a really good football player. I expect him to get a lot of offers in the future. I just, uh, I just talked to him last night. He said he's going to be there. So that's great um, for Notre Dame. Uh, Tommy Tremble uh, recently offered tight end out of Georgia. Uh, he's really excited about coming to check it out Notre Dame. Uh, he's the type of kid with a lot of, uh, you know, he's got Ivy League offers, but he's also got big SEC offers. Uh, his father went to Georgia, um, but through some different situations, it sounds like Georgia's actually not his number one school, and he's looking elsewhere. Um, obviously, Jacob Lacey's going to be there. That's a really important one. You just spoke about him. Um, there's also Avery Young, the cornerback I was speaking about earlier. Um, he will be there. He's about 95% sure, sounds like. He's also going to be bringing a sophomore running back brother, Aaron Young. Now, uh, Aaron Young, I think he rushed for somewhere around 1,600 yards last year. I think he scored 29 touchdowns. And this kid's a great football player as well. Um, you know, the pair of them, they sort of have, you know, they both have Nebraska offers, Rutgers, Syracuse, kind of some of those types of offers. But, you know, I've watched their film, and they're, they're really good football players. And I think that they'll sort of blow up at some point. Um Really good kids as well. Their dad played uh, for the Indianapolis Colts, and they also have an older brother who plays uh, linebacker at Old Dominion. So anyhow, they're a football family. Um, now, sorry, I'll go through sort of the maybes that I have, kind of 50-50s or think I'm going to make it, uh, want to make it, but I haven't talked to my parents about it type kids. So um, first of all, with uh, the kids who've, uh, who are committed to Notre Dame, Braden Lindsay and Micah Jones have both told me that they're sort of maybes. They're just sort of starting to think about it. Uh, Ovio Gufo gave me a hard no. He will not be there. Um, we've got, uh, you know, one of the top tight ends in the country from the 20, 2018 class, Mustafa Muhammad. Um, he's got 36 offers now. Notre Dame's one of them. Notre Dame offered him fairly early. Um, they talked to him quite a bit. You know, thing with him is he, he's been to uh, – he went to Clemson right after they won the national championship, and I think Clemson's in pretty good with him. Um, when I had to talk with him about what schools he liked, he listed off about 20. So <laughs> – um, in terms of what schools he's actually really interested in, I'm not too sure, but he said he's going to be taking a big sort of visit trip this summer, and he said he's about 50-50 to come to Irish Invasion. Um, Litchfield Adjavon, uh, this is ne- definitely going to be one of Notre Dame's top targets. He's uh, He has an offer. Um, he definitely um, wants to see Notre Dame. He told me just recently, actually I just wrote an article, it should be out today, um, that he is definitely very interested in Notre Dame. He gets out of school on June the 3rd, and then he wants to start going on visits, and he wants Notre Dame to be one of the first ones. So, you know, it looks like Irish. he had just gotten the poster uh, of, for the Irish Invasion camp that day. So it sounds like, you know, he definitely is interested in going. He had just hadn't, you know, thought about it or looked into it much. It sounds like that might be what he does when it comes to Irish Invasion. That would be really great uh, for the Irish um, because you know he's definitely a very good football player. Yeah, um, no question. Yeah. I like I like sort of everything about it. Litchfield. I talked to his coach about a month ago, um, and that, that's sort of like a kid that ultimately is going to be choosing between Notre Dame and Stanford in the end. If, if past precedent has anything to say about it. Yes, absolutely. Uh, now, who's next? Here we have uh, you know Spencer Brown and Sam Johnson. They both go to Walt. They're both from Walled Lake. Um, you know, those two, Spencer Brown's a, a really massive defensive lineman, plays, he's going to play offensive line at the college level. He says he's getting a lot of offers recently. They were at the blue and gold game together and they really, really enjoyed it. Um, the two of them might make it to Irish invasion. I'm going to keep in touch. I just talked with him last night. So that's what he said. You know, it sounds like they may make it. 
Um, they're having a look at all that. They're, they're planning a big trip down to SEC country, hit up Alabama, Auburn, Clemson, schools like that. Um, so we'll see if uh, they come as well. There's uh, also another cornerback I meant to mention earlier who's kind of in, in the cornerback derby named Jalen Williams out of Tennessee. I spoke with his coach. I mean, he ran uh, a really low 4-5-40 at the, uh, the Georgia, the Atlanta, Georgia opening regional. Uh, you know, he's a really good cornerback, and he's he's had a really high GPA. And, you know, Notre Dame went and visited him at his school. Um, I believe it was Clark Lee. Uh, he said that he's looking at coming to Irish Invasion, just trying to work out the logistics. And then the two big names that are maybes that I definitely need to keep looking into is Amon Ross St. Brown, who I spoke about earlier. Houston Griffith is another one. He said he's going to be visiting Notre Dame in June. We'll see if it's Irish Invasion. He's obviously, you know, a massive, massive uh, recruit for Notre Dame. We'll see how that all pans out. That's the list I have so far. It's a work in progress. I know that we're going to put a, you know, an Irish Invasion list in our message board so you guys can look for that. Yeah, and that's uh, something that will be updated on a daily basis because these lists uh, sort of ebb and flow pretty quickly. So that's it for our, our latest Irish Illustrated Insider Recruiting Extra podcast. We're going to be back May 18th. We're going to, I think, shape this into a regular Thursday content item so you can expect to see this coming through your iTunes download or however you consume your podcasts. And hopefully next week we'll have a recruit on the show as well. Uh, if not another analyst, because you know, whether it be Jimmy and Franklin, that might be a guy that uh, is getting more and more topical for Notre Dame as he moves closer towards his summer commitment date. So until May 18th, our next podcast, you've been listening to Irish Illustrated Insider Recruiting Extra. I'm Pete Sampson, joined by Kevin Sinclair. Thanks for listening.